Welcome to an enlightening podcast from IslamPodcasts.com. We encourage our listeners to please comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please remind your family and friends to also visit IslamPodcasts.com for engaging discussions on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, Sira, and much more. Last week, to, uh, last week when we were talking about Ghazbat uh, Lohad, we covered up to uh, the, se- the section of the Sira uh, that talks about the, the, uh, the Shahada of uh, Musab ibn Umar radiallahu an. Um, and uh, after, because he was of, uh, the, the one who was carrying the standard of the Muslims, uh, Rasulullah sallallahu gave the flag uh, or the uh, standard to Ali radiallahu an. And uh, uh, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, so that's the time when uh, Sahaba uh, responded to the call of Rasulullah sallallahu and they were gathering around Rasulullah sallallahu And uh, Rasulullah sallallahu uh, encircled his army and uh, Ka'ab bin, Ma- uh, bin Malik an, was the first one at that time who actually found out that Rasulullah uh, was safe and uh, when he found out that he actually uh, he, he shouted loudly that uh, oh, oh, to the Muslims that uh, be happy that Rasulullah is here and uh, Rasulullah actually signaled him to uh, to to stop uh, uh, stop raising his voice. So because while he is raising the voice towards the Muslims, the uh, the idolaters uh, were also listening, and they can uh, figure out the way about Rasulullah at that time, and they will try to uh, attack uh, in the, uh, change their attack in the direction of Rasulullah uh, Regardless, uh, quite a few Muslims heard the, the shout of uh, Kaab bin Malik. And they immediately raced towards Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and they were get, uh, able to gather uh, quite a few uh, Muslims around Rasulullah sallallahu and they moved back to the, the, the to the hillock. And uh, now uh, the hostility and the the, the fight towards the kuffar that also grew uh, more fierce. And uh, uh, now uh, they they were. For they were following the plan of uh, withdrawal of the, uh, of the Muslims. So now their uh, their attempts, however, proved to be uh, fruitless because of the the way the Muslims uh, fought back. And uh, we talked about some of the uh, some of the stories of some Sahaba. Uh, and we talked about that there were three different groups of Muslims. Uh, one was the one who uh, who, who kind of uh, lost the heart, and they were they they, they were going towards Medina. And uh, there was another group who was saying that if, because they heard the news of Rasulullah and passed away, that, that was a, one of the main cause of it. And then other group was the one who said, okay, Rasulullah has been killed in this uh, process, then why not we do the same thing that what he, he worked for and we should be killed. And the third group was the one who was looking for Rasulullah to, to defend. Now, <clears throat> uh, so uh, now when, when all this was going on, one of the, uh, the person, Uthman bin Abdullah bin al-Mughira, uh, he was from, 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 from the enemy's horsemen, and uh, he uh, charged towards Rasulullah And his uh, response was that uh, either he will k- kill Rasulullah or he will be killed. And Rasulullah moved to, uh, to encounter him, uh, but his, uh, 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 his horse tripped 
uh, into into a hole, into some hole, and Al Harith bin uh, As Sima, uh, he fought with him and he uh, struck him uh, on his leg, and so so he so, so he became lame actually, or uh, lost his leg, and then he finished him off. Uh, but later on, uh, uh, another horseman, uh, Abdullah bin Jabir, he attacked Al Harith bin Sima and struck him on the shoulder with his sword. Uh, so he was also uh, also also hurt, but uh, uh, the very same adulterer when he he was not able to escape Abu Dujana. So we talked about Abu Dujana. He's the one Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam gave the sword and the one who was wearing the red bandana on his forehead, and uh, he he, uh, he killed him. And uh, the, the, during this uh, whole fight when that was going on, uh, Abu Talha said that I was. Uh, one of those who were uh, who were who were possessed by a desire to sleep on the the day of the now uh, this is a kind of a strange thing to 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 feel sleepy while you're in the battlefield uh, and sleepy as uh, is not necessarily talking about uh, just getting tired or for say sleepiness is more of a that you are in your comfort zone so this is the blessing from Allah subhanahu wa taala that uh, Allah subhanahu wa taala descend that kind of a calmness that uh, uh, that was seen and he felt as if he was very sleepy and uh, there were other reports a similar manner now <clears throat> another incident that happened about was Ubay bin Khalf, Khalf. and uh, this was the person who was uh, uh, he was actually uh, when Rasulullah was uh, going towards the hillock he was following Rasulullah and he was saying, where is Muhammad And he said the similar thing. He, either he will kill uh, him or uh, I will be killed. And Rasulullah told him that uh, he, he will combat with him. And he said, leave him. So when he came closer to Rasulullah Rasulullah uh, took a spear from Al-Harith uh, and uh, he actually uh, he, he, he hit him to, with, the, with, with the spear and that uh, touched his actually neck uh, between the armor. And uh, uh, it did not really hurt him much, but he started screaming and, uh, uh, and he went towards the Quraysh and he started saying that uh, he's killed by Muhammad. And uh, they opened up his armor and looked at his neck and it was barely a scratch. Uh, so, uh, and, but he was still saying, by, by Allah, Muhammad has, be, uh, has killed me. And hearing him say, so, uh, they say, by Allah, you are afraid of death. Uh, but his response was that uh, uh, he, he said he had already been told when, he wa when we were in Mecca, the, the Rasulullah told him that I will kill you by Allah. And uh, uh, because he spat on Rasulullah and uh, he was in uh, he was uh, he was in full trust whatever rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam has said that would happen to him and uh, because of this small scratch that he had uh, while they were heading back to to mecca uh, he was killed so even though it was a small scratch but because it was from rasulullah sallallahu and rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam uh, made the dua against him and he said he will kill him uh, he was killed by Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Now, uh, while uh, they were uh, uh, while they were withdrawing, doing the withdrawal of Rasulullah sallallahu uh, to to this mountain, uh, Rasulullah sallallahu was looking for 
uh, some place to rest. And uh, it was a huge uh, rock that uh, he wanted to, to climb up, but he was not able to. And uh, Talha actually, he, uh, he sat down in, his, uh, in a position that Rasulullah was able to stand on his back and he, he climbed up. And Rasulullah said, Talha, after this job, is eligible for, for the Jannah, for the, uh, for, uh, the paradise. And uh, Rasulullah stayed there. And uh, after that, the Muslims fought back and they were able to uh, contain, uh, contain the army of the Meccans. And the Meccans actually retrieved. Now, uh, when the Sahaba and Rasulullah they looked back into uh, the bodies of the Muslims, uh, they came across uh, uh, some of the bodies that were mutilated. And, uh, <clears throat> and uh, uh, there were, there were there's some of the incidents that were mentioned about the Ka'ab bin Malik said that I was one of the Muslims who fought in Nuhat and witnessed the, the mushrikeen, the, the act of barbary or, uh, or uh, mutilation and uh, mutilation of the bodies. And uh, when I passed by them, I, uh, because I couldn't stand it, then I saw an armed stout idolater pass through the Muslims and said, uh, gather them up and combine them in the way that sheep are gathered and slaughtered. Similarly, I saw an armed Muslim waiting for him and I walked towards him uh, till I stood behind him, uh, camping both of them. I found that the disbeliever was better than the other in arms and figure. I kept on watching them till they were engaged in a single combat and the Muslim thrust at the disbeliever with his sword and that went down uh, his, his hip. So he, it, it's, uh, basically he cut the, the, the disbeliever into, or the, or the cap into, into two pieces. And then uh, uh, the Muslim, uh, the one who was fighting, he uh, showed his face and he said, what about that Kaab? Uh, I am Abu Dujana. So Abu Dujana is the one who was a fighter against the Kafir and he, he, uh, he knew that Ka'b bin Malik was watching him and he asked him, what do you think of this now? Well, the way he, uh, uh, he killed uh, the Kafir in the, in, that, uh, in the battle. Now, <clears throat> uh, when some of the Muslims were coming back, uh, this is one of the incidents mentioned about uh, when some of the Muslims who were retrieving during this whole, uh, whole battle uh, when uh, they heard the news of Rasulullah passing away, Umm Ayman uh, was one of uh, those Muslim women who saw these Muslims uh, trying to go back to Medina. And uh, they said, here's a spinning wheel, take it and give up your carrying the sword. So basically uh, telling them to go back and fight. Uh, don't be the one who should be doing the, 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 the act of betraying Rasulullah. Uh, the, the wounded and, and the Muslims over there. Uh, one of the uh, one of the, uh, the kuffar, Hibban bin al-Arqa, he shot an arrow at her, and she fell down, and her uh, clothes were lifted up. So she he started laughing, and Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, when he saw that upsetting uh, uh, event, he gave an arrow to Saad bin Abi Waqas, uh, and uh, he told him to uh, he, you use this arrow, and uh, you shoot it. And Sa'ad bin Abi Waqas did it, and that pierced through the adulterer's throat, and he fell down. And uh, now when he fell down, his part of the body was revealed. So Allah started laughing at him, and his even uh, molar teeth were showing. Uh, so that, that these are some of the uh, other incidents that happened uh, uh, besides that. And uh, when, uh, uh, when the, when the mushrikeen, they were departing from 
from the battlefield, Abu Sufyan went up to a mountain. Now here he started calling out. He said, is Muhammad among you, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam? They did not reply to him because Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam did not, basically did not tell him to answer. Then he asked, is uh, Ibn Abi Qahafa, which was uh, the, another name for Abu Bakr Siddiq because he was the son of Abu Qahafa. He says, is he among you? They did not answer. Then he said, is Omar bin Khattab among you? And they still did not reply. So, uh, uh, for, for, because forbade them to answer. So he only asked about, but the interesting thing is, he only asked about these three people, Rasulullah Abu Bakr and Omar bin Khattab, because uh, Abu Sufyan was aware of it, the, uh, the leadership uh, among the Muslims. And he, he, he was clear, he, he, it was well known that these were the real the top leaders among the Muslims at that time. So then Abu Sufyan said, as for those, uh, those three, uh, uh, the, 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 we have relieved you of, uh, Omar could not stop. But uh, talking, uh, he could not stop. So he said, oh enemy of Allah, those who have you just mentioned, I tell you that they are still alive. And Allah has maintained uh, uh, what you hate. So Abu Sufyan answered, the, uh, the mutilation of your killed is something I did not order. So he took this back, that he did not order this, but it did not displease me. So it's not that he was, uh, he was against it, but he did not order either. Then he shouted like uh, Hobel, one of the gods, fake gods that they used to worship. Uh, and he, he was pray praising it. Then Rasulullah said, why don't you reply now? So he, his response was, what should I say? So Rasulullah said, say Allah is more sublime and exalted and mightier as well. Then Abu Sufyan said, Al-Uzza, another god they worship. It's ours, but you have no Al-Uzza. Uh, he still did not reply anything. Now Rasulullah said, what shall we, so they asked, what shall we say? Uh, they inquired uh, Rasulullah sallallahu So he said, say Allah is our protector, but you have no protector. So Abu Sufyan said, today is vengeance for Badr, meaning now we have taken the re revenge of the day of the Badr when the mushrikeen were lost. Uh, and uh, basically this for that. And war basically go, have alternate success. Sometimes sometime you win, sometimes you win. Omar replied, his reply was no, uh, they're not the same. Our killed men are in the Jannah, but yours are in the hellfire. So Abu Sufyan said, come on, Omar. So he asked Omar to come. Rasulullah said, go and see what, what the matter is. So he went there, Abu Sufyan asked him, uh, I beseech you by Allah's name, to tell me the truth, have we killed Muhammad sallallahu Omar said, oh Allah, uh, he said, no, and now he is listening to your, word, uh, to your words. He said, for me, you are, uh, uh, so, so he said, for me, you, uh, this is Abu Sufyan replying to Omar, for me, you are more truthful than Ibn Qamiyah. Remember that Ibn Qamiyah is the one who raised this voice that he has killed Muhammad sallallahu Now Abu Sufyan is saying that, I, for me, your words uh, have more truth. I, I, uh, uh, I accept your word more than Ibn Qamiyah, who was from them, actually. And even more reliable. So uh, Abu Sufyan understood that Rasulullah is alive. And Ibn Ishaq mentions that when Abu Sufyan uh, and those who were with him were leaving, he called and he, he made sure to announce that we will meet again at Badr next year. So he made the announcement that this is not over. We will come back. Uh, and as we can see that, uh, uh, and Rasulullah Sallallahu said, uh, uh, said to one of his men to say, yes, it is an appointment for both of us. So Rasulullah Sallallahu accepted the challenge that 
the next year we will meet again. Uh, now, after they were going away, Rasulullah dispatched Ali radiallahu an to go back to their traces and make sure that they are uh, returning back to Mecca and they're not coming back. Because if they are coming back, then we should be prepared and we will uh, attack them back. <clears throat> um, now, after the departure uh, of the Quraysh, uh, now people were they, were, they went back to uh, look, at, look at all the, the, the Muslims who were, uh, who were uh, martyred during this bad battlefield. And Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam specifically mentioned that uh, when you if, uh, uh, look for Sa'ad ibn, uh, Sa ibn Rabi' and uh, uh, tell him that peace be upon you from me, from Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, to say my salam to uh, uh, Sa'ad ibn uh, Sa 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 Rabi'ah. He's one of the leaders of the uh, Ansar. And uh, uh, Zaid bin Thabit, he said, he looked for it, I started looking and wondering, and then uh, he found, uh, he, uh, he said that uh, I started wondering about checking the, uh, the kill till I came across Sa'ad when he was dying. He was about to be uh, taking last breaths and he had uh, multiple wounds uh, uh, including a, a, a sword sta a stab and a, uh, and a spear and an arrow as well. So uh, uh, Zaid bin Thabit said, O Sa'ad Rasulullah has sent the, the greetings and he says salam to you. Uh, so, and he asked, tell me how you, how you feel, Sa'ad said, let peace be upon Rasulullah he says salam to Rasulullah and tell him, I smell the scent of the paradise, and tell the help Ansar, my people, you shall not be excused before Allah subhanahu wa if Rasulullah is hurt, and your eyes are, while, while your eyes are blinking, meaning you are still alive, then he passed away, meaning he wanted to make sure that Ansar understands that even though Sa'ad bin Rabi'ah, uh, he has uh, passed away, he's been martyred, that does not take away the responsibility that the Ansar took to protect Rasulullah, to defend Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam while he's uh, among them. So that was one of the, uh, the, uh, the, the Sahabi, the way he passed away. Now there's another uh, Sahabi, uh, his name was Al-Usayram. And, uh, uh, when we were discussing the Meccan time, uh, uh, when we talked about when Mus'ab was sent and uh, he was doing the da'wah to Usaid bin Hudair and, uh, uh, and Sa'ad bin Mu'ad, uh, when Sa they went back to their tribe, everybody became Muslim except Al-Usayram. And uh, this Al-Usayram, he participated in Ghazwat al-Uhad. Now, his situation was, he was still going, struggling to accept Islam until now. And uh, uh, when they, uh, so the, but he fought here. And, uh, and they urged him to become Muslim, but he was not becoming Muslim. Uh, obviously in Islam, we cannot force anybody to uh, enter into fold of Islam. Everybody enters into fold of Islam by their own will. If they want to, they can. If they don't want to, they have the choice not to be uh, Muslim. So uh, he was uh, about to die because of the wounds that he got. So they asked him, uh, what has uh, uh, what has he come here for? Uh, we, uh, we have part of it, so they were talking to him and they asked him, uh, "What made you come here? Uh, is it uh, is it of the zeal to defend your people, or is it because of an inclination to Islam?" And he said, "At that time, it is certainly an inclination to Islam. I believe in Allah and His Messenger. 
and I have fought with Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Rasulullah sallallahu till I have. Uh, 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 he, he said that I uh, fought with Rasulullah sallallahu till I have got what you see, and then he immediately died. And they told Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi the situation of Sayyidam. Upon hearing this, Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said he is one of the inhabitants of the Jannah, although he had not offered one single prayer. Okay, so he did not pray, uh, offer a single prayer, but he was uh, he, will, he will be in Jannah, inshallah. So that was another situation. So uh, one was the, uh, from the Ansar, who was uh, the one who was defending Rasulullah, other one was a person who has just became a Muslim. And there was another person named Qazman. Qazman was a hypocrite. It was a hypocrite. It was a munafiq. And he fought in Ahad as well. And the interesting thing was, he, he fought, and about him, Rasulullah already said, predicted that he is the person of hellfire. Uh, of course, when he's saying it, it's not a prediction for per se, it's more of a, he gets the wahi and from the, uh, the, the knowledge from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So he was, uh, he was dying. And the Muslims who saw him because he was about to die, he fought in Ahad, uh, in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because of munafiq from the face value, he's a Muslim and he, uh, he seems to be dying in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Muslims were giving him the glad tidings about, uh, about the Jannah. But he himself said, by Allah, I have fought out of zeal to my people. Had it not been for that, I would never fought. And when the, he was saying, when, and these are the words he was saying, and his, his wounds were getting worse and worse to a point that he could not bear the pain and he killed himself and he committed suicide. So he himself fulfilled what Rasulullah mentioned about him. Now, um, while Rasulullah and Sahaba, they were burying the Sahaba, as, uh, as we are aware of, when it comes to the shuhada uh, who, are, who fight in the path of Allah Azza wa Jal and uh, they, they are martyred, uh, they are not uh, given a, a coffin, a shroud, a specific kind of uh, a new clothes or something. Rather, they are buried in the clothes that they, uh, that they, uh, they, they are martyred in. And also, they are not given any kind of the uh, ghusl or the bath which, uh, uh, which are given to the dead bodies in general in Islam. Uh, so they were not given any kind of, uh, any kind of a ghusl. And uh, uh, when Rasulullah and Sahaba, when they were burying them, uh, they were burying them together, and they saw, saw there were two or three bodies were buried together in, in one grave. And uh, among them, the ones, the way the priority was given in that sense that the one who knew more Quran was buried first. And some of the Sahaba who were uh, close in this, uh, in, the, in the lifetime, Rasulullah buried them uh, weighed them together also in the same grave. Now, <clears throat> when they found the body of Hanzala, as we uh, talked about this, uh, they, they found, they could not find, find a shout for him, and then uh, they found it, they found, found him wet, and we talked about it last week that Rasulullah uh, asked him to find out that why the malaika gave him the, uh, they gave him the ghusl, uh, uh, this is why he was called Ghasid al-Malaika as well. And uh, we talked about that. He, he, he fought right after he got married to his, uh, to his wife and uh, he was in the state of impurity when he heard the call for, uh, call for jihad and he came and he, passed to, uh, he was martyred while he's in the state of impurity. So he did not take a 
uh, ghusl after uh, sleeping with his wife. Now, uh, when, when, uh, after they, when they found the body of Hamza, an, so Hamza's body was mutilated by, by him. And uh, besides uh, his body, there were other Muslims' body was also mutilated, as I mentioned in the beginning. And uh, what they used to do was they used to, uh, uh, the, uh, the, the mushrikeen, they used to cut the ears and the nose uh, and uh, other parts of the bodies, and they, they used to make like some sort of a necklace, and they used to wear it. Uh, and Hind actually she, she went more than that and she cut, cut open the stomach of uh, Hamza and she tried to chew on the liver she was not able to. Um, anyway, so when they found the body of uh, Hamza radiallahu an, his sister Sophia radiallahu anha, who was the mother of Zubair uh, bin al-Awwam, she wanted to see uh, her brother. And uh, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam uh, ordered Zubair to uh, take her away because she will not be able to see the body of her brother. So she refused and she said she knew that his body was uh, mutilated and she still wants to see uh, and that will satisfy her. So she went and she, she saw and her response was, subhanAllah, if you uh, look at it from the perspective of her sister, uh, her response was, Allah is sufficient and I will be patient if Allah wills. And, and that, that was her response. And, uh, uh, and basically said, Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'oon. And, uh, uh, and she asked for the forgive, forgiveness for uh, her brother. And uh, Rasulullah sallallahu ordered uh, Hamza to be buried with Abdullah bin Jahash, he was, uh, who was his nephew as well. Um, now about Hamza radiallahu an, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was very sad and uh, he cried for, for Hamza. And that's a normal, uh, uh, normal emotion for a human being. That doesn't mean that you are uh, unhappy with the, with the qada of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or by the decree of Allah azza wa jal. This is a human emotion when you lose your son, your brother, your uncle, your, your parents, or whosoever close to you, that you feel this, uh, this pain and it, th that part is allowed. The part which is not allowed is when you are, uh, when you are uh, uh, saying words which are uh, like this, why, why me, why is it happening to me, or you are disagreeing with the decree of Allah Azza wa Jal. And this is not what they were saying, sobbing and crying for, for that kind of a pain that is uh, uh, allowed in Islam. Okay, but uh, the reports talk about it uh, that uh, as Ibn Mas'ud said that we have never seen Rasulullah weeping so much for, uh, as he, he did for Hamza uh, bin Abdul Muttalib radiallahu um, Now, the, the whole sight of uh, looking at the Muslims was, was a very uh, sad and heartbreaking to see that many Muslims and some of the reports talk about there were about 70 of the Muslims who were, uh, who were martyred that day. And uh, uh, out of those 70, about uh, 65 were uh, from the, uh, 65 were from Al-Ansar. And among the 65, about uh, uh, 40 or so were from uh, Khazraj and about uh, 20 or so were from uh, Alaus. And uh, SubhanAllah, this is a very interesting thing if we, if we think about it. Uh, Aus and Khazraj, uh, these were the people who were, uh, uh, who were actually enemies of each other. They fought many, many battles with each other for, for decades. 
to the point that they did not even have leadership before Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam came over there. And uh, uh, and uh, and if you if you pay attention to that, that when Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam came, Islam is the thing that united them together. As uh, Allah subhanahu wa taala talks about their brotherhood that came into existence because of Islam. Allah subhanahu wa says in Surah Al-Imran about them, وَعَتَسِمُوا بِحَبْلِ اللَّهِ جَمِيعًا وَلَا تَفَرَّقُوا وَذْكُرُوا نِعْمَةَ اللَّهِ عَلَيْكُمْ إِذْ كُنْتُمْ عَدَاءٌ فَأَلَّفَ بَيْنَ قُلُوبِكُمْ فَأَصْبَحْتُمْ بِنِعْمَتِهِ إِخْوَانُهُمْ وَكُنْتُمْ عَلَىٰ شَفَعَ حُفْرَةٍ مِّنَ النَّارِ فَأَنْقَذَكُمْ مِّنْهَا See, Allah subhanahu wa and do not get into differences. And Allah is reminding them the na'mah on you. You used to be enemies of each other. Allah brought your hearts together and uh, made you brothers. And you were about to enter into the, the pit of the fire. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protected you. Look, uh, I'm going to take a little bit of a short detour here to remind you the situation, what's happening around us in uh, uh, we we just heard the news about uh, uh, what happened in Minneapolis in couple, uh, a couple of days ago, uh, where uh, an African American uh, person was killed by the police while the person was screaming that he cannot breathe, and the people around him he had the knee the, the cop had the knee on his neck and he's screaming that he cannot breathe, people around him reminding them that he cannot, uh, uh, the person cannot breathe, he's gonna die. And he continued to kept his knee on his neck and he died like that. And uh, this is not the first incident that we are talking about that has happened. And it's not only happening in the United States, we know that. It's happening around the world. So we will, but we wanna talk about focus today now about uh, at least for a few minutes about this specific incident that this kind of a racism that exists here is not really the issue of only black and uh, white versus black or black versus white or uh, uh, black versus yellow, yellow versus uh, white, whatever races you can think of, the brown, black, white, you can think of. It's not only the issue that there's just some uh, races are after the race. It's more of the people who have power. It happens to be now here. The, the, the whites have the power and they're abusing it. And in many cases, you can see that the very same white, the one who have power abusing, the, uh, abusing the, 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 the less privileged white as well. But there is a whole history of African-Americans in this country that can, be, uh, that can be studied and that should be discussed inshallah some other time. And we'll, we'll let you know about uh, some sort of a talk is uh, prepared for this. But I do want to bring this up with this seed of aspect as well here. Look, Islam is the only system in the world that can bring the mankind together. And that's what it did before in the past. For 13 centuries, we can see it. Systematically, Islam is the one. Now, today, what we saw, it will happen in Minneapolis. All this has been going on. We know that in, in Missouri or in Florida or New York, and there are incidents where the person who's being killed is even saying he cannot, he cannot breathe. And that is actually how physically people cannot breathe. But in reality, the mankind is not able to breathe today. 
the mankind as, as a whole, uh, the, because the systems which is applied on the mankind today, that's the thing that is making people not to live the way a human being should be able to live. And it's not a one-off incident we're talking about in Minneapolis. It is a system that is producing that kind of a racism, that kind of a majority against minority kind of a mentality, or more powerful can do whatever he wants to the, to the less, less privileged one. So it's the only Islam which is from Allah Azza wa Jal, a system that can bring a peace, justice, and, and the brotherhood and, uh, to, among the people, among the mankind. And nobody else can do, only Islam has this, uh, this power. Islam has the message that can bring the people together. And that's what we saw among the Ansar. The people who were fighting with each other for decades, uh, in Ghazwatul Ahad we find among the 70, 65 of them are from the Ansar, who are not only fighting along with each other who were the enemies, but rather for a person who was not from, from among them, who was Rasulullah who came from Mecca. The thing that brought them together was Islam, was the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It was not the wealth that they were after, it was not the dunya they were after. It was nothing else except they wanted to please the creator of the heavens and the earth. And that's the thing that brought them together. Okay, so now uh, moving forward, and inshallah, if there's any questions uh, or comments about this subject, we can uh, discuss in a, in a Q&A also. But I want to make sure that we understand the relevance of the seerah when we study. is not just to go through the stories and understand that rather, what are the applications of that in our lives? And that's what we see in the battlefield that Rasulullah is fighting. There are all sorts of people uh, along with him. The only thought, the only thread that was putting them together was Islam, was Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Okay. Now, uh, we talked about Musa ibn Umar uh, before, and Musa ibn Umar's uh, wife, uh, Hamna bint Jahash, when she met Rasulullah uh, on the way back, and uh, he announced the death of her brother, Abdullah bin Jahash. Um, so she said to, to, uh, basically, to, to Allah we belong and to him we will really return. Then Rasulullah, uh, and he asked for forgiveness. Rasulullah told uh, her about the, the passing away or the, the shahada of Hamza, radiallahu, who was the uncle, uh, maternal uncle for her. And she had the same attitude. But when Rasulullah mentioned her about Musa ibn Umair, she shouted and she, uh, and she bowled and she, uh, seeing her doing so, Rasulullah said the woman's husband is extremely dear to her. So the relationship and husband and wife has is different. But still, uh, they, they, uh, you will see that uh, they were calm, satisfied from the perspective of this is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's decree and they were happy with that, they were pleased with that. Then uh, there's another woman who lost her husband, father, and the brother. And for all of them, she, her response was, how is Rasulullah So she lost all of them and her response, she wanted to know if he's okay or not. And when she found out he's well, then he thanked Allah Azza wa Jal, and uh, she thanked Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, and, uh, and she said, if he is well, as uh, 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 she said, if she's, if he, if he's well, then all the misfortune have, uh, have no value. Similarly, uh, the mother of Saad ibn Mu'ad. Saad ibn Mu'ad, uh, he's the one, uh, so Um Saad, 
she, uh, his mother actually, she came running to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and uh, at that time, uh, her son, Sa'ad bin Mu'ad, was actually holding the reign uh, of the mayor of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So, uh, seeing his mother, he said to Rasulullah sallallahu this is my mother. And Rasulullah sallallahu welcomed her, and she, he told her about the, the martyrdom of her other son, Amr bin Mu'ad. And, but, he, uh, but she said, so as long as I see you safe, my misfortune will certainly go in oblivion. That will go away, that's not a problem. And this is the way that uh, even our sisters in Islam, uh, the Sahabiyat at that time, are, uh, and, uh, and even today, we have to remember that. These are the lessons that we should learn. That there could be different kinds of hardship, even the loss of life can come. And uh, that does not happen out of thin air that people are willing to do many other things. Rather, you find that there's a, many of the times there's family structure behind them that back them up and they are able to take the, do those heroic actions that they did in the past. So even today, we have to remember that Islam is, should not be just limited to the brothers. They go to the masajid, they go to the talks, and they give the talks and keep the Islam to themselves. Rather, this Islam has to be given to the whole, the, the whole family structure as well. That makes it easy for every one, single one of us to carry this da'wah of Islam uh, the way, inshallah, the way the Sahaba for, the carried it, and we will be able to follow their footsteps as well. So don't, don't think of it that uh, when those Sahaba were acting, they were acting uh, just uh, only uh, uh, on their own. There were many of their uh, uh, Sahabiyat, the, the sisters or wives or the, the daughters and sons or brothers, fathers, they all were actively involved as well. Yes, there were cases where brothers were not Muslim, or father was not Muslim, or mother was not Muslim, or children were not Muslim, but they still continued on. That should not prevent you to not do the da'wah, but at the same time, but when you already have those Muslim brothers and sisters within the family, uh, family they should become cornerstone for you to be uh, uh, supporting you to do, do the da'wah as well. Okay, now, uh, so this uh, whole uh, thing uh, ended on the third of the Shawwal, uh, in, in the seventh of Shawwal on the, on the third day of the third year of the Hijrah. And uh, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and Sahaba, uh, they came back to Medina. And while they were in Medina, uh, they still, uh, even though they were extremely exhausted, there was a lot of loss of the, the, the Muslim uh, physical, Muslim bodies happened during this, uh, this battle. But they still were, uh, 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 they were, they were watching out, they were guarding and making sure that uh, they do not, the kuffar do not come back and attack Marina. So they made sure that they are protecting Marina even that, the, that night as well. There was a question raised about Uthman bin Affan last, uh, uh, last week. And uh, I just want to make sure that, uh, I just want to uh, bring that up about Uthman bin Affan, that uh, what was his role in Ghazwatul uh, Ahad? And there are reports that talk about that Uthman bin Affan was among the group that actually went back to, was going back to Medina in the, in the middle of the battlefield when they heard the news of Rasulullah Sallallahu passed away. Now, um, whatever the, the, the truth is about this story, the story that is actually reported by uh, 
one of the hadith in, uh, is mentioned by Imam Bukhari and Tirmidhi as well. A man came to, uh, uh, he came for Hajj and uh, he asked Ibn Umar radiallahu an about Uthman bin Affan. And he asked him about, did Uthman uh, run away from Uhud? And uh, Abdullah bin Umar said, yes. And then he said, uh, was he not present in Ghazwatul Badr? He said, yes. And then he said, was he, not, was he absent in Ba'at al-Ridwan as well? He said, uh, 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 Ibn Umar said, yes. But then he said, wait now. He, he wanted to explain to him, what does it mean by yes, what he has given? He said, about the Badr, he said, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, uh, his wife Ruqayya was sick at that time. The daughter of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam allowed him to be, uh, to be absent from Ghazat al-Badr. And uh, Uthman himself in another incident mentioned that about the Badr, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam actually even gave him share of the Malaghanima or the spoil of war, which means that he was present. Now, uh, as if he was present even though he did not participate directly. About the other one, which is uh, uh, Bayt al-Ridwan, he said about Bayt al-Ridwan that, uh, uh, Bayt al-Ridwan, he said that uh, uh, Osman was actually the one who was held back in Mecca. That is why the Bayt al-Ridwan was taken. Now, about the Ahad, he, uh, Ibn Umar only said, that see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Imran, in the Ladina, in Meaning that indeed those of you turned back on the day the two armies met, talking about Ghazatul Ahad. It was Shaitan who caused them to slip because of them, because of some blame they, they had earned. But Allah has already forgiven them. Indeed, Allah is forgiving and forbearing. So uh, for that specific incident, Ibn Omar's response was that Allah has already forgiven that. So we leave it like that. We, who, why are we asking about something that Allah himself has forgiven? Now, inshallah, in the uh, next uh, couple of minutes, I would like to uh, talk about a couple of things, uh, some of the lessons from Ghazwatul Ahad. Number one is, uh, and this is, these are some of the lessons which is mentioned by Ibn, uh, Ibn Qayyim. Now, <clears throat> he mentions things like that the believers learn ne uh, negative consequences of disobedience from, from this. That uh, because uh, out of the 50 uh, archers that Rasulullah has in place, 40 of them left the position. Uh, there are, by the way, there is a difference of opinion among uh, some of the scholars they, they, they look at it that because Rasulullah actually mentioned about that do not move even if you see us uh, defeated and uh, even the birds are snatching uh, from our dead bodies, do not leave the spot. Uh, while when they left at that time, Muslims actually won the battle at that time. So some of them say that this, there was a misunderstanding, but at, at, at the end of the day, Allah subhanahu wa forgave them as well. Uh, in Surah Al-Imran, the other, other ayah that talks about the forgiveness Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave, uh, gave to the Muslims uh, who even left those, uh, uh, that spot as well. But uh, there's a lesson for us to learn that no matter what the situation is, 
we have to follow the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, no matter what consequences that we may think or perceive. Our success lies only in the obedience of Allah and his messenger. Okay. Now, other thing mentioned uh, uh, about the lessons is Allah's wisdom and method required that his messenger and the follower uh, they win certain times and they do defeat certain times as well. Now, they get defeated sometimes. Uh, but the outcome at the end is always in, in their favor because we understand, and this is what Umar al-Khattab was saying to Abu Sufyan as well, that uh, it is not saying that you win or we want win while your dead ones are going into hellfire while our dead ones are the one who have been martyred in that battlefield there in the Jannah. So it's still in the favor of the believers. So we, we should not be looking at that. Now, other thing is, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if Muslims would have been winning all the time, then, uh, the, the, then there's a chance of hypocrites and, uh, uh, to, to enter into, the, uh, into the, the lines of the Muslims. Uh, because they're always winning, they will come in to, to get whatever they can. Now, because of that uh, winning and losing situation, that only the one who really want to fight in the path of Allah Azza wa Jal, they are the ones who are motivated only, not the ones who are after other things. Okay, and Allah subhanahu wa the other thing is Allah subhanahu wa tests the tests his slaves, tests his uh, 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 his, his creation by good and bad both. It's not the issue of that you will be only given hardship to be tested. Rather, Allah gives you the, uh, something good and the difficult in this dunya, so you are tested. <clears throat> now, uh, other thing which is mentioned is, uh, uh, Allah Taala has prepared his, uh, uh, there's different positions Allah Taala has created in, in, uh, for, for his believers in the Jannah. Now, uh, there's uh, the shuhada, the martyrs, have a very high position in the Jannah as well, as uh, in the ayat, in the hadith of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, when it talks about the Anbiya, Siddiqeen, and Shuhada, and Salihin, uh, Shuhada, the martyrs are, uh, are mentioned right after Anbiya, the prophets, and the, 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 the truthful ones, are Shuhada. Uh, and Shuhada are the ones Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala entered them into the Jannah without any kind of, uh, any kind of uh, uh, accountability except if they have any kind of a debt. Uh, this is something <clears throat> between the people that they have to be paid off. So for that, the, the people who will attain this level, of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala creates the situations where Muslims will be, able, will, will be martyred. Obviously, that will happen only uh, through the difficult times and by, uh, by the enemies of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they will enter into, the, uh, into Jannah through, through the martyrdom. So that's another benefit that can be seen from uh, Ghazwat al-Ohad as well. And, uh, uh, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala intends to destroy his enemies. He provides them with the causes of the destruction. So the greatest of their cause uh, after unbelief uh, is the oppression, uh, the, the tyranny, the abuse of his, uh, uh, So all those things Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give them uh, give them the opportunities. It's, uh, it's up to them if they if if they act like that, so they will be destroyed in this dunya and in the akhirah. So the, these are uh, some of the uh, lessons that can be that can be learned from, inshallah, from Ghazbatul Ahad. 
and uh, I'll, I'll stop here. And if there is any uh, questions or comments about the subject that was discussed today, uh, inshallah, I'll try to answer. Uh, and we'll continue uh, next week otherwise. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, and Sirah are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on iTunes. Rate, review, and comment, and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please subscribe, share, and tell a friend about islampodcasts.com.